there are certain things that we know because we know Bible that this world just doesn't know. I hear them say things all the time on television that would frighten me if I didn't know the Bible. They talk about climate change. If I didn't know the Bible, I think that would frighten me. But because I know the Bible, I know certain things. God has set up this heaven and earth in the exact position he wants it in in the solar system. At the time God wants the earth to move inside the solar system, God will cause it to move by just saying, move. By his word, he creates the heaven and the earth, the snow, the rain, the lightning, everything. He's in control of everything. They came up with an incredible theory recently in 2021. The scientists and the weather people came up with a theory that because of climate change, the earth was shifting on its axis because the weight of the glaciers had broken off and had turned into water and created a a weight on one side of the earth, sort of like if you're on an airplane and everybody gets up from the left side and moves to the right side. This is just total nonsense. You don't have to be afraid about, of this subject if you know passage of Scripture in the Bible. One of the first ones to look at on this subject is Second Peter chapter 3. Peter says, This second epistle, beloved, I now write to you, in both which I stir up your pure minds by way of remembrance that ye may be mindful of the words which were spoken before by the holy prophets and of the commandment of us, the apostles of the Lord and Savior, knowing this first, that there shall come in the last days scoffers, walking after their own lust, and saying, Where is the promise of his coming? For since the fathers fell asleep, all things continue, as they were from the beginning of the creation. For this they willingly are ignorant of, that by the word of God the heavens were of old, and the earth standing out of the waters and in the waters, whereby the world that was then being overflowed with water perished. They are willingly ignorant of the remembrance of what happened in Noah's day that because of the wickedness of men, God destroyed this present life that was on this earth, except for Noah, who found grace in his sight, and Noah's family, and the animals that he had Noah take into the ark in order to sustain life after the earth of Noah's day was destroyed by water. After that, God said he would never destroy the earth again by water. But he did say that he would destroy the earth by fire. But he will take his people, his children, the elect of God, those who are born again, he will take them off the earth before the destruction comes. Peter goes on to say, but the heavens and the earth which are now, the ones we know right now, 
by the same word of God are kept in place, in store, reserved unto fire against the day of judgment and perdition of ungodly men. So, it doesn't matter what any human being does, they're not going to cause the earth to move in the solar system, but God will. We know God will cause it because Isaiah the prophet said he would. Isaiah 13, verse 13. God says, Therefore I will shake the heavens, and the earth shall remove out of her place in the wrath of the Lord of hosts and in the day of his fierce anger. At the end of this world, God will cause this to happen. It comes because of judgment of the ungodly, both in the churches and in the world, because in the churches they change the doctrine to another doctrine other than the doctrine of the New Testament Bible. And because of that, judgment comes upon the apostate church, which we see everywhere today as we look at the churches and try to find a church to attend. So we know we grow nearer to the day of the Lord because of that. And we see the wickedness increase before our eyes. Where they once did these things, In private, they now do them in public and flaunt them before us, saying they have a right to be this. And that shows those of us who know the things of God, the scriptures, it shows us that we draw nearer to the day of the Lord. Well, Peter told us that this current earth is kept in place until the day of judgment, and then God will destroy it. But as far as any human doing anything to cause the earth to shift on its axis, that's just nonsense. You don't have to be worried about that. And another scripture which God called to my attention on this subject of the climate. Look at Genesis chapter 8, I believe it's verse 22. Here is a promise of God given to Noah after the flood. While the earth remaineth, seed time and harvest, cold and heat, summer and winter, day and night shall not cease. Let's read that again. While the earth remaineth, seed time and harvest, cold and heat, and summer and winter, and day and night shall not cease. Now at the end of the world it will cease. And the heavens will be shaken, and the earth will move on its axis. We can read that in Matthew 24. Verse 29, Jesus says, Immediately after the tribulation of those days shall the sun be darkened, and the moon shall not give her light, and the stars shall fall from heaven, and the powers of the heavens shall be shaken. God will do that by his word, just like he caused the flood to come by his word. He holds the present earth in place by his word. But the time will come that he will shake the heavens and the earth. For the powers of the heavens shall be shaken 
after the tribulation of those days. I believe that means after the great tribulation. And then shall appear the sign of the Son of Man in heaven, and then shall all the tribes of the earth mourn, and they shall see the Son of Man coming in the clouds of heaven with power and great glory. And he, Jesus, shall send his angels with a great sound of a trumpet, and they shall gather together his elect from the four winds from one end of heaven to the other. We who know the Bible and have God show us things in the scriptures, we do not have to be troubled with these sayings of man, with the things that men say. Another thing that men love to say, they think they're clever when they say it, but we who know the Bible know that what they're saying isn't even true. They'll say things like, you'll never get out of this world alive. We all die. That's not true. There used to be a country western song to that effect. And my mother, for some reason, just loved to say that. And I kept saying to her, that's not true. The Bible says something as I told her what the Bible said. There will be some people who do not die. Now the Apostle Paul is going to tell us a mystery. Let's look at that. 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verses 51-52. The Apostle Paul says, Behold, I show you a mystery. We shall not all die, but we shall all be changed. In a moment, in the twinkling of an eye, at the last trump, for the trumpet shall sound, and the dead shall be raised incorruptible, and we shall be changed. There will be people alive at the moment of the end of this world. Those who are of God, the elect of God, the chosen of God, those who are born again, we who are still living, if we're still living on the earth when this happens, first the dead in Christ will rise, and then the living will be changed into new spiritual bodies and taken up in the air to meet Jesus and the resurrected from the dead, those who are resurrected from the dead. We will meet Jesus in the air and he will take us to the new heaven and the new earth wherein dwelleth righteousness, for you'll never make this current earth righteous no matter what you try. That's another thing you can stop putting any effort into, trying to make this a better world. So many church-going people have that as their goal. Our goal should be to serve God in the way He wants us to serve Him. It should be to follow the Spirit of God who lives in us. For you can't do religious works unless you have the Spirit of God showing you to do those works. For you can do many good works and be cast out by Jesus in the last day. And he will say to you, depart from me, ye worker of iniquity, I never knew you. You might prophesy in his name, cast out devils in his name, and do many wonderful works in his name, and still be cast out in the last day. Because you did these works because they put up something on the bulletin board for you to sign up to do. The bulletin board at church. And you did the works by 
your own will, not by being sent by God to do the work. But in the last days, the ones who are still living on this earth will not see death. So to be concerned about death and follow after that concern is really kind of futile. I don't know whether I'll see death or not. God has not shown me that. But I do know the scripture. And we don't know when Jesus is returning. So it could be that we wouldn't even see death. So my point is going to be it always kind of held me back from buying a cemetery plot. When I lived in Clovis, New Mexico, USA, I considered cemetery plots and I didn't buy one. In Lubbock, Texas, when I moved there, I considered them and I didn't buy one. Then I moved to Colorado Springs, Colorado. I see those others, if I'd bought those plots, I wasn't even in that part of the country. It can make it hard on everybody. You have to follow what you believe God has shown you to do. What about this coronavirus vaccination? Should you take it? Well, here's what I did. I know what I didn't want. I didn't want to take it. But I turned to God and I said, now look, I, I don't want to be boasting over this one way or the other. You show me if I need to take it. I think each of us have to settle that with God. And all other things like flu shots and everything else that they would uh, come up with to do to us. I'm very, very careful about this medical stuff. I have to be fully persuaded by God before I do any of it. One of the things we are supposed to live in on this earth is peace. I find, and I do watch the evening news most days, some of it, but I find many things that they say that I know by the Bible are not really correct. And because I know Bible... I can go back to the Bible and reestablish myself in those scriptures and not be afraid, and I can live in peace. Because basically news can frighten you, the newscast, and the sayings of other humans who don't know the Bible. But we are supposed to live in peace without spot and blameless, according to Apostle Peter. He wrote that in 2 Peter chapter 3, verse 14. As we wait for Jesus, he says, Be diligent that you may be found of him in peace without spot and blameless. One of the ways we live in peace is we keep ourselves by knowing the Bible. And we keep ourselves by turning to God when we are afraid and hearing what God would give us and believing that, and living in that. Recently, I had a pretty severe attack from the devil, and it was saying to me, you're not going to be saved. You're not going to have eternal life. You're not going to be saved. Immediately, I was reminded of two scriptures, which are exactly opposite to what that devil was bringing to my mind. Now, the devil didn't say, I'm the devil. I'm telling you, you're not going to be saved. When the devil speaks, he doesn't announce that he is speaking. He makes it sound like it's really real. And it can frighten us. 
I was reminded of two sections of scripture. At the end of that section of scripture about the hundredfold return, it says that those who have followed God will receive a hundredfold now in this lifetime and in the world to come eternal life. And I remembered the end of that and the world to come eternal life because I know that God has been teaching me and working with me for 40 some odd years. And I know that I hear his voice. I know I follow him. I was also reminded of John 10. My sheep hear my voice and they follow me. I know them and they follow me. And I give unto them eternal life and they shall never perish. I have heard that taught at churches where the church will never perish. Well, the real church won't, but most of the church that I see today are not even born again. They go to church, but they don't have the Spirit of God. They're not born again. They've been taken to church from the time they were babies, and they're still not born again. Sadly, my Church of Christ cousin was like that. Her mother was a godly woman, taken into heaven once. And I know Jean was taken to church from the time she was a baby. And Aunt Artis tried to do the right thing with Jean. But you see, being born again is the will of God. It's not our will. will. It's God's will. We can see that by Romans 9 if you're interested. It is not he that willeth on this earth or he that runneth. But it is God. It's God's will when we're born again. That's why I say if you think maybe you're not born again, then fall down and just ask for God to have mercy on you. You're not going to get there by your own learning. Paul said they're ever learning and they're never able to come to the knowledge of the truth. I've seen people like that in churches many times. Running from one meeting to the other, from one preacher to the other, but never really turning to God, just trying to do it themselves. You can't be born again that way. It's not by your own works. We are born again by the will of God. And we are changed instantly by God so that we're not the person we used to be. Every one of us who are born again will have that same testimony. We're not like we used to be. We're changed by God. Well, concerning the end of this world, the first thing that will happen is Jesus comes from heaven and raises the dead in Christ. They will be raised before those who are living on this present earth are taken off this earth. We see that in the scriptures and we know that by the scriptures. 1 Thessalonians chapter 4, start at verse 13. But I would not have you to be ignorant, brethren, concerning them which are asleep, dead, concerning the dead, that ye sorrow not, even as others which have no hope. And that's another thing they do, which this whole section of Scripture will question. The pagans decorate graves. The pagans have... All of these things that they do, which Paul didn't want us to do. I would not have you to be ignorant, brethren, concerning them which are dead, 
that ye sorrow not, even as others which have no hope. My cousin's husband died, and she said to me something about going out to decorate Thurman's grave, and I said to her, Why? Who are you trying to impress? Thurman is dead. He's asleep. He doesn't know you're up there decorating that grave. So who are you trying to impress? She was not a church-going person, but she stopped and thought for a few seconds, and then she said, Well, in that case, it doesn't matter where we're buried. And I said, That's right. I think she was born again at that moment. People following pagan things of this world while calling themselves a Christian When I moved to Clovis, New Mexico, the Baptist women I knew were going out to decorate graves on Memorial Day. I said, why are you doing this? Stop, think. Think about what it is to be a Christian. What are you saying? What do you think you're trying to do? Well, this is exactly what Paul is saying here. But I would not have you to be ignorant, brethren, concerning them which are dead that ye sorrow not, even as others which have no hope. For if we believe that Jesus died and rose again, even so them also, which sleep in Jesus will God bring with him? For this we say unto you by the word of the Lord, that we which are alive and remain unto the coming of the Lord shall not prevent them which are asleep, We will not go before those who are asleep. For the Lord himself shall descend from heaven with a shout, with the voice of the archangel and the trump of God, and the dead in Christ shall rise first. Then we which are alive and remain on this earth shall be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air. And so shall we ever be with the Lord. Jesus comes in the clouds and the whole world sees him coming. And the people who aren't of God are very fearful and sad when they see Jesus coming in the clouds. But think about this. We rise to meet him in the clouds. Why? The dead in Christ rise to meet Jesus in the air then we who are of God and still alive on the earth rise to meet Jesus in the air. Now, why in the air? Well, this present earth is going to be destroyed by God. It won't even be here. But God has prepared a new heaven and a new earth wherein dwelleth only righteousness, and the righteous are taken there. So we meet the Lord in the air. It doesn't even tell us that Jesus sets foot on this earth that I know of. But we meet him in the air, though they see him in the clouds. And they mourn because they see him in the clouds. But an interesting scripture on this subject, to me interesting, is Matthew 24, verse 31. He comes in the clouds and they mourn because they see him in the clouds but he sends his angels to get the people off the earth i think he's still in the clouds with the dead in christ 
who are now risen. And he shall send his angels with a great sound of a trumpet, and they shall gather together his elect from the four winds, from one end of heaven to the other. And he takes them off the earth and takes them into the clouds to meet him and those people who are of God, who have been resurrected, raised from the dead. And then, in their new spiritual bodies, everyone is taken to the new heaven and the new earth, which is told us in Revelation chapter 21, verses 1 through 5. The Apostle John was given this vision, and he says, And I saw a new heaven and a new earth, for the first heaven and the first earth were passed away, and there was no more sea. And I, John, saw the holy city, New Jerusalem, coming down from God out of heaven, prepared as a bride adorned for her husband. And I heard a great voice out of heaven saying, Behold, the tabernacle of God is with men, and he will dwell with them, and they shall be his people, and God himself shall be with them and be their God. And God shall wipe away all tears from their eyes, and there shall be no more death, neither sorrow nor crying, neither shall there be any more pain, for the former things are passed away. It is this physical body that we now have that causes us to have physical pain. Without the physical body, we can have no more pain. Without the physical body, we'll have no emotional sorrows. We're going to be changed out of this body. Verse 4, And God shall wipe away all tears from their eyes, and there shall be no more death, neither sorrow nor crying, neither shall there be any more pain, for the former things are passed away. And he that sat upon the throne said, Behold, I make all things new. After the dead in Christ are raised, after those who are still alive are taken off the earth to meet the Lord and the dead in Christ who are resurrected, to meet the Lord in the air, then comes the destruction of this present heaven and earth. Peter tells about it in Second Peter chapter 3, verses 10 through 14. But the day of the Lord will come as a thief in the night, in the which the heavens shall pass away with a great noise, and the elements shall melt with fervent heat, the earth also and the works that are therein shall be burned up. Seeing then that all these things shall be dissolved, what manner of persons ought ye to be in all holy conversation and godliness, looking for and hastening unto the coming of the day of God, wherein the heavens, being on fire, shall be dissolved, and the elements shall melt with fervent heat. Nevertheless, we, according to his promise, look for new heavens and a new earth, wherein dwelleth righteousness. Wherefore, beloved, seeing that ye look for such things, be diligent that ye may be found of him in peace without spot and blameless keeping ourselves daily in peace. Two ways, by knowing the scriptures, so that when somebody on television tells us something that's about to happen that we know can't happen because of the scriptures, 
we're in peace and not troubled by what they say. The second way of staying in peace is doing Philippians chapter 4, verse 6. Be careful for nothing, but in everything, by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known unto God. And when we do that, the peace of God, which passeth all understanding, will keep our hearts and minds in Christ Jesus the Word. I think when we pray, when we're concerned about something, God brings us a word very often by the Holy Spirit. And when we focus on that word and believe it, we're not concerned. Not long ago, I had a very fearful thought come to me. What if this happens? What if that happens? I'm 83 years old at this moment. I said, help me, please. Please, God, help me. And instantly I was reminded of something. My God shall supply all your need. That's a scripture, Philippians chapter 4, verse 19. See, God reminded me of it by his spirit. That's one of the things the Holy Spirit does, is remind you of things of God. And I said, oh, right, God will supply all my need. So I was at total peace. And that's the way we're kept at peace as we live on this earth. It's not that we're free from ever being troubled. But when we're troubled, we turn to God. And we hear from him and we believe what he says and we're no longer troubled. So today we have seen some of the things that newscasters say that will trouble us or Neighbors might say that would trouble us, except that we know the Bible. And because we know the Bible, we know that isn't going to happen the way they say it. And we believe the Bible. And secondly, if we are troubled, we turn to God in prayer and commit all of our concerns to God on that, that we have about that subject and let him bring us truth and we live in peace continually day by day through doing those things thank you for allowing me to share this with you today